A letter of the blessed Apostle Paul to the Colossians. Brethren, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, and patience, forbearing one another. And if one is a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these put on love, which binds on everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful that the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish you one another in all wisdom, and sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. At that time Jesus spoke another parable, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But when men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat, and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the householder came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then has it weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. The Saving Words of the Gospel well, here for this fifth Sunday after Epiphany, you'll notice that the uh, the chants for the Mass, the antipods, and so forth, are the same as they have been for the fourth and the third Sundays. They're they're identical. The readings have changed. Um, this uh, re <laughs> this formulary we had back in November uh, when we were filling up the the Sundays remaining by resuming uh, Sundays after Epiphany that hadn't had a chance to be celebrated. It all depends on when Easter falls, and so we uh, sometimes we get uh, you know this uh, in one part of the year and sometimes in another. So we just added a little bit ago. Um, last time I think I focused more on the gospel uh, than on the first reading. You might remember that uh, a point about the the gospel is that uh, this was a real uh, problem in the ancient world. The zinzania, or kind of a, it refers to a a really um, tenacious, terrible weed that, that spreads its own roots out and entangles the other, the other plants in the area. And so it's extremely difficult to, to get out. And it looks just like wheat until a certain point. Then you can tell the difference between them, but by then it's too late. And um, the, uh, there were actually laws uh, passed uh, with severe punishments for those who would go and do this. This was an actual tactic to go and sow um, weeds or cockles in, in another person's uh, uh, fields. So this is a serious business. And of course this is an eschatological image, isn't it? Um, St. Augustine employs this when he's uh, fighting with the Donatists. Um, the idea being growing up side by side in two different groups. Um, and talking about you know in an argument against them that the church herself is a corpus, a body, 
a corpus per mixtum malis et bonis, a body mixed through with both good people and evil people, and uh, these will only really be sorted out at the very end. So uh, that's the eschatological dimension of this. This reading from Colossians has some very practical advice about how just basically to get along well with people, especially in such an important environment as the family or within a parish or whatever whatever community it is that you're talking about. However, um, I think it's important also for us to take and remember contexts because you know it might be this little cutting that we have, but if we're paying attention to it, then we see the broader context and we remember the whole chapter. And maybe there's something else in this chapter that the church wants us to take a look at because she's, she's telling us, take a look at this, Colossians 3. So what else is in Colossians 3? And right after this is the part where um, Paul starts talking about um, the real, you know, your, your, your concrete family. Um, wives be submissive to your husbands. Husbands love your wives. Um, you know, children be obedient, and parents don't badger your children, and slaves should obey their masters, and so forth. So it describes all of the relationships within a familia, within a household. And so, um, this, you know, because, for example, in Latin law, under Roman law, you know, the father is the pater familias, he's the father of the family, and he has power in this respect. And so, um, if our relationships are not straight, you know, straightened out and proper in the family, we can get into all sorts of terrible uh, spiritual difficulties. So Paul gives concrete advice, starting out um, by saying, putting on uh, compassion and kindness, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. When the Lord taught um, his disciples, the, the, the our Father, uh, the only thing in it that he went back to explain was the absolute necessity to forgive. If you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. And if there's something that we have to learn how to do well and readily and properly it, um, in relationships when we're close to people is how to forgive. Uh, because we step on toes, they step on ours. Uh, sometimes we do so accidentally, sometimes alas, per, on purpose. But... Um, uh, Paul gives uh, more advice in another place. Never let the sun go down on your anger. Um, it's always a good idea to, to forgive, to make up, and uh, put a charity on, which binds all those things together in a perfect harmony. That's because charity is rooted in sacrificial love. The sacrifice being to give up whatever it is of yours that you might seem to want to cling to, for the good of the other. What is the true good of the other person? That's what Paul um, is talking about, and that's what that's what's rooted in sacrificial love. Now, I wanted to, <clears throat> just as I did elsewhere, I wanted to pry this um, idea of submissiveness on behalf, on you know, the behalf of women to their husbands, and then it says husbands love their wives. You've probably heard this before. You may have read it on the blog, but I'm just going to mention it quickly before I move on. The idea of being submissive, you know, within a, with, within a family, um, there is a hierarchy, but it's not a hierarchy of dominance. It's a hierarchy of a relationship of complementarity. Um, there can be only one head, and the rest are not. And um, that headship is in, is in the husband, is in the father, 
and just as it is in the the trinity of co-equal persons but there's a father within the trinity so too within the family there is a hierarchy um, children are not any less uh, members of the family just because they are subject to their parents they are not the equals of their parents but in the family that doesn't mean that they're that they're nothing it doesn't mean that they're um, that they have no status at all being submissive uh, to authority is good and proper when that is the actual when that's the, the perfect role to have um, and so what I have done to that reading and th that section of, of, uh, of Colossians was apply the, the lens of the collect of today's mass uh, which which uh, has all sorts of military language in it if you pull it apart you can see that the in the vocabulary, one of the first meanings in all of the words that are in here are military terms. And the, 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 the listener to these prayers back in the day would have heard that overtone. And I think also would have been able to uh, do what I tried to do here in, in showing how the con how. The concept of family, familiam, which is the first word of the prayer, um, is not uh, in any way in conflict with the military language, or the other way around. The military imagery and the family imagery are not in conflict with each other, precisely because in both the military and in the family, there is a hierarchy of, of, of leadership. In the one sense, the, the, the headship of, of the of the husband uh, will be based in what Paul says husband love your wives and the word he uses in there the verb is is agapao and that is exactly the word that's used for sacrificial love it's precisely the word that's used in John when describing the Lord he says he he loved his, those whom he loved he loved them to the end in other words, it's, it's precisely the kind of love that describes cross, Christ going to the cross for those whom he loves. And that's the kind of love that the husband has to have for his wife and for the members of his family. Um, so if it's necessary to be submissive to your husband's uh, women, and that sounds difficult, on the other hand, uh, men are called to love you to the point where they will literally lay down their lives for you. So you can see this is not really a, 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 a relationship of, of dominance and subservience. It's a dominance of mutual service, each to the other, each according uh, to the role uh, that, that God has ascribed to members of the family. Now, there is a, uh, there is a passage. I'm looking back at some old posts that I had done about um, this Sunday, and I found one in which I had quoted uh, a book a passage from um, kind of a prepper apocalyptic genre novel series um, every once in a while I'll, I'll pick up books like this and read them you know it's good to kind of game through in your mind certain scenarios and uh, just have it in your head have thought about it uh, what ha what would happen what would I have to do if this happens what if this happens and, and we you know, we go in this direction and so forth. Well, sometimes, you know, people have written books in these, in these lines, gaming them out in a different way, and it might turn out that way, it might not, but at least it gets you thinking so that you're not to totally caught um, unprepared 
for what might happen. And in a, a passage in one of these you know, apocalyptic genre books, a dystopian genre books, I found a, a, a quote from a Marine, a United States Marine, who had taken an orphaned teen under his wing. And I'm talking about, you know, this is in a, like a real apocalyptic and dystopian situation where society had fallen apart and, and all sorts of different problems are resulting. So this Marine takes an orphaned teen under his wing. And at one point, he, talk, he says this, and here's the, you know, this is not high prose I'm about to share with you here. This is not, um, uh, this is not Henry James. <laughs> this is, this is not uh, um, Jane Austen here. <laughs> so this Marine tells this kid, listen, little dude, family is a versatile word. You don't have to be blood with someone to love them as much as someone who has your blood running through them. I love the guys in my unit, and they love me. We are cut from the same cloth. I know how they think, and they know how I think. The bond I have with them is stronger than what I had with my own flesh and blood at home. If I left to go home, I'd be leaving the only real family I've ever had to go back to a house and to people who don't truly know who I am. So I ask you to open your eyes and understand that family is a bigger word than, say, your biological parents or siblings. It's those people who will do anything for you, who are there for you and you for them. They are the ones who choose to be in your life and aren't obligated by blood. As I say, not high prose, but direct. And I think not only in terms of what this Marine was talking about and the, the, the sealing of this relationship with the, the men with whom he serves in his unit and the kinds of bonds that one can develop, especially in times of stress or pressure, but I'm also thinking about the bond that's created between all of us through baptism. It's a bond in a lot of ways that's stronger than blood. Um, it'll endure um, longer. It's, it's eternal. It's at the very depth of our soul um, because it creates an ontological change in us. And so sometimes that we might reflect on the fact that we belong to each other. We, the baptized, belong to each other. When we are good and upright and true and trying to be good disciples of, the Christ, of Christ, then fulfilling our role, we raise everyone up, just as a tide raises up everybody. If when sinful and, and hurtful and, and uh, do not live according to my vocation, well, the tide lowers, and I hurt everybody because we're all... We're all together in this, and we have a strong bond of humanity in our blood, but we also have a strong bond, an even stronger spiritual bond of baptism that makes us common sons and daughters of a loving Father. And so there are times when I, I, would like, I reflect on what sort of church 
could we have in the society today were all of her members to have this spirit that this marine in this you know <laughs> third-rate novel is talking about but but expressed if not with eloquence then with eloquent passion um, what sort of church could we have if we had this as Catholics with this sort of zeal uh, each for the other um, trying to have everybody else's back and knowing that they have our backs as well being willing to lay down uh, and sacrifice uh, for the others when the time are needed imagine that kind of unit cohesion and what we could not accomplish together um, anyway that's I think what is also truly at the heart of the desire of so many uh, Catholics especially young people who desire the traditional mass um, once they have started to once those the prayers begin to ring in your ears long enough and once they get the ethos of what it is uh, that's that's being uh, celebrated even just on on the the sensory terms then the prepares them for the content the deeper content of what is being conveyed to them in a way that 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 brushes past the the sensory and brushes past the events so that people can have a a transforming experience of mystery which opens them up to the Catholic faith in a completely different way than maybe that they've, they've ever experienced especially uh, through the, the Novus Ordo Mise which does certain things well but does not do other things very well at all and I think that it's partly it's some of that spirit that I'm talking about and then even in that quote that is deeply buried in, in hearing within uh, the orations within the gestures within the repeated uh, prayers even of the priest in the older form of mass and I think that that frightens a lot of people who are in power because they don't understand it and um, because they haven't done it themselves or they haven't spent enough time with it in order to in order to grasp what it is that, that people are looking for and they they realize that it conflicts with a with an agenda that they that they have uh, to which they are committed and uh, well anyway um, I'm 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 struck by the fact that uh, this idea of um, in our prayer and in our readings today the idea of family and the idea of hierarchy and the idea even of military imagery are not out of harmony with each other at all. As a matter of fact, they express very much the same thing. And let us not forget that we are members of the church, militant, aren't we? We are like pilgrim soldiers on the march towards our heavenly fatherland. And may God help us all stay um, faithful to our um, faithful to our baptismal vows and uh, zealous in them, uh, strong within them through the sacrament of confirmation, nourished by the Eucharist, especially. You know, for those of you who maybe aren't able to go so often, um, and therefore you're watching a stream like this, um, make your spiritual communions, and uh, let us truly support each other uh, in prayer. Um, especially this, maybe this small little group. You know, 
little flock, as as the Lord you know refers. Do not be afraid, little flock. It pursues grace. Visibile monium et invisibilium, et in unum dominum Jesum Christum, filium Deum unigenitum, et ex patrinatum adionis secula, Deum de Deum lumine lumine Deum de vero de Deo vero, genitum non factum, consubstantiale patri pecorum omnia factusum, qui propter nos hominis et propter nostrum salutum descendit de celis, et incarnatus est de Spiritu Santo ex Maria Virgine, et homo factus est, which fixus et seam pro nobis supponsio pilato, passus et sepultus est, Et resurrexitetsi Deus in unus scrituras, et ascendit in cielo, sedit et exterum patris, et vitem numenturis ascum gloria iudicare vivos et mortuos, cuius reni non et infinis, et in spiritum sanctum dominum et vivificantem, quis patri filioque procedit, qui cum patri filio simulano natura congrua dedicatur, qui locutus est per profetas, et unam sanctam catholicam et apostolicam ecclesiam, un fitur unum baptisma in remissione peccatorum, et expecto resurrectionum mortuorum, et vitem venturis seculi. Amen. Dominus obiscum, oremus, next to the Domini Fetri Vitutum, next to the Domini Exultamine, non morias et viva, narabo opera Domini.